occurring, but what's occurring? Presented by Swift. How are you, mate? All good, all good. Just uh, looking forward to this one. I heard you, you've got a good intro done, so um, jump straight into it. All right, well, very special guest. Um, this gentleman raced 10 years as a professional cyclist, uh, tallied up nine wins, including the national championships and the London Prudential, whatever it's called, Ride London. Uh, the King of Cool, one of few men we know to pull off an all-white national champs outfit, and more <laughs> recently, commentator extraordinaire. Welcome to the pod, Mr. Adam Blythe. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's 11 wins, I think, though, in it, not nine. Well, I was going to say, that says nine. Nine sounds a bit light. I'm sure it's 11, man. All right, hang on. I've got them here, so you tell me what I missed. Franco Bell's two stages and GC. That's National, three, That's three. Yeah. <laughs> National slutting price. <laughs> Four, yeah. <laughs> Paris yeah. Carez. Yeah. Binchy Tournay Binchy. Yeah. Ride London. National yeah. champs. Yeah. And Elfsted Ronda. Oh, yeah. Nah. Well, it's the crit champs as well, aren't there? National crit Is champs. That... Yeah, that's 10. That's 10. Um, and then I won the club run once with Russ Downing and Swifty. <laughs> but there's so many, like, like world tour riders in the club run. It counts, doesn't it? Yeah. So round it up yeah, to 11. Nine, nine, nine it is, yeah. Crit, does crit no, champs 10. count? Of course it does. You cross the finish line first in a bike race. Well, they oh, got you okay, UCI enough. registered, surely. Which that mod probably is, no? I don't know. Can't be, any. It's nationals. I, 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 I count it. So 10 wins, right. 10, year, 10 years pro. Win a year. Happy days. Happy days. 10 years. Happy that, days. Seems, that seems a lot. I would have guessed seven. Do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, but I had like years off, didn't I, when I went to like NFTO and stuff. Just goes and, fast, doesn't it? And he rode for 18 different teams, so you think it's more. Yeah. I probably rode for more teams than I have won races, to be fair. You <laughs> <laughs> bounced you around towards the back end. You rode for some yeah. good teams, though, didn't you? So, Lotto, yeah. was it, you started with? Yeah, so it was Lotto, BMC, uh, then I went to NFTO, Green Edge, Tinkoff, Aqua Blue, Lotto again. So, yeah, what's that, seven teams? That's quite a lot in it in 10 yeah. years. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Some good teams there, though. You did the rounds, didn't you? Just missing us. Sky, maybe Movistar. I, know, but... man. I kept messaging Dave about it, but he was, yeah, he just wasn't that keen, really. But I listened to a podcast with him recently, and someone said on there, they asked him a question What about riders with loads of talent that aren't committed? Would you ever sign them? And he just went, nope, stay clear of them. Won't go anywhere near them. So that's, that's my answer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what podcast was that then? Is that one with Stephen Bartlett? You know, no, the guy yeah, that's no. on Dragon's Den now? He's like, he started um, like a social media brand, but he's like 29 and he made like 2 billion or something. So yeah. Oh, the new Dragon dude. Yeah, that dude, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I recognise the name, but I can't picture him. Crap podcast, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not really. Um, it's not what's occurring, is it? Do you listen no. to what's occurring? Honest answer. Yeah, I listened to it this morning, which was a godsend, actually, 
because you said something about Beset, um, Provence, which you're at now. Yeah. And you said, oh, it's dead good. We can do the lead outs and then do all this kind of stuff. And then I just basically repeated what you said in commentary today. So Did perfect, you hear the mate. bit about my bet? No, I had to turn it off because I was, I was starting commentary and I couldn't keep on listening. All right, so I got sent like this plan through, um, like what, what you should kind of do where. And basically the average for it was 407. And uh, for I got you? the text. Yeah, and I got the text as I was... Um, as I was doing the pod, so I read it out to G. And yeah, the first thing is like, yeah, you wasted your time putting this graph together for me. But anyway, G laughed me down and said, <laughs> no way can you do 407. So that was it. Then. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can. And uh, we bet we bet on it. Uh, yeah, mega restaurant, good bottle of wine, uh, five courses, like full <laughs> works, caviar, um, everything. <laughs> And do you I even like caviar, though? No, but I'll just take it home. Yeah, nice, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get some anyway. So 4.14 4, I did, mate. Did you actually? And I finished 66th. Out of 105. There's a couple of things that confuse me here. So the first one, which makes sense now, is when you cross the line, you looked like you were trying pretty hard. And I was like, that's not like Luke in a time trial. It doesn't normally go that hard, but that makes sense. And number two, what do you mean you get sent walks through? Okay, so <laughs> to reply to your two questions, um, firstly, that is the first TT I've gone pretty much. Actually, no, I'm not going to buttercoat it. Full gas in in about five six years, <laughs> and I crossed the finish line, and, and I just wanted to win this bet. And I crossed the finish line, and I was like, oh, nailed that! Like top twenty for sure, top twenty. I got back to the bus and like half the riders were still to go and I still wasn't in the top 20. Oh, oh shit. Um, and yeah, we, we get sent a, a thing, so like... Do you all get that. sent this? Yeah. So it wouldn't be just yeah, like... but it sounds like they've got a lot more specific with it. Like, it was something like first 21 seconds, 417 watts or something stupid, no? Yeah. God. It was like the first... 20 odd seconds, I don't know, 4.20, 4.30, and then settle into like 4.15 or something, and then the last four minutes, I don't know, 4.20, whatever. But it was like where you put your power down, so not just saying, right, you should be able to average 407 watts for 7K. It's like where you should put the power down, which was the first time I've ever received it. I think it's coming from Bingham, so uh, quite interesting, but... I actually tried to do it properly because it won me a bet. Was your was your time um, pretty much as it said? Obviously, you did more watts than what it said, but yeah, that that shows I'm about as arrow as a barn door because I did more watts and did two seconds slower. So they predicted I'd do eight. 41 out of 843. So pretty precise. And Puccio absolutely nailed it to the watt and to the time. So they predicted exactly if he did that amount of watts, he'd do that time. And he did it to the T. Pretty mate, impressive. Can... Oh, man. Before you can like see him messing... circuit. Mate, baffled. Mind blown. You imagine though, if you're like, I don't know, like Garner's an exception. But imagine if like, 
I'm going to not include you in this loop. But imagine like G, you were like trying to go flat out for this win mm. and you got this beforehand and then you did your time and you're like, this should get you this. And you're like, buzzing, no one's beating this. But then you read Garner's text on the bus and you were like, oh, fuck, well, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to win, basically. But they, yeah, they predicted, they did the same for him. And they were like, yeah, you'll lose. If you do what you do, that's, like <laughs> the, best, that's the best you can do. You're going to lose like 40 seconds or 35 seconds. They predicted it. And, and it's like, if I go full gas, absolutely nail this, I'm going to lose 40 seconds in 7K. It's like, yep. <laughs> Man, good job I'm not riding still. I'd have been like out the time limit already. Probably even put a foot on the bike, yeah. Shit. Oh, well, well uh, done, mate. Yeah, so, so far, you know, absolutely mega stage race. See, my nice. thinking behind it was, you're only going to go for it if you've got a bet on the line. Like, not not about like being professional and flying the flag for the team. If there's a bet on it, you'll go for it. So, I thought, you know, if you go full gas, you'll be up there, win tomorrow, you get a leader's jersey, mate. But yeah, didn't quite work out, did it? But at least we no, yeah, we just I sent him a video on the turbo. I was mentally trying to crack G. I was like, mate. I've never felt so good on a bike in all my days. I'm going to get the bits out of this. I thought you might do it on a road bike, actually. Well, I was contemplating it because I knew I'd be able to get the power out on a road bike, but the TT bike was a bit of a test. But um, I just thought I'd look like a complete plonker. <laughs> to be honest, on a road bike. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I reckon you should do that, G, though, for like the tour. If you've got like a role that you need him to do, just put a bet on the line. I bet you can't do this. Pay like a month, yeah, yeah. like whatever it is, month's worth of shopping. I do <laughs> love a good bet. Do you remember uh, that Boonenberg bet? Yeah, yeah. You know the Boonenberg? Yeah, first into Boonenberg. No. So, oh, sorry, the other Boonenberg. Uh, out the back of Ventimiglia, the steep one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah steep, yeah, horrible sorry, yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Phil yeah. Dignan was like, there's this super steep climb. No one can, uh, like, it, it's so steep. I was like, could you big ring it? No, 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 it's impossible to big ring. I was like, ah, oh, I reckon I can big ring it. I've never seen the thing. I was like, yeah, I reckon I can big ring it. So he said, if you can big ring it, I'll buy you coffee and cake at every cafe stop for the rest of your career, the, the ride I'm on. So I was like, all right, done. So I big ringed it, like, absolutely broke me. This was years ago now. Got back, got home, and I was like, oh, a bit of a sore knee. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, that's a few days off the bike. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, fuck my knee. But I, I got coffee and cake out of Phil for the rest of my life. Nice, mate. Well done. It's got so I've had about 15%. Well, I've had about one coffee and cake off him, to be fair, but <laughs> that's one of my proudest bets. But anyway, it's not about me and betting. This podcast is about Adam Blythe. Um, you got you um, had uh, you're missed in the pelt on people like you. Me and you talk on WhatsApp a bit, don't we? And it's all gone a bit mad with uh, aero and you know. I'm not about style over speed or speed over style. I think there's a balance and a trade off with everything. But you know, style seems to have gone out the window in recent days, and it's all about speed. Where you were style over speed, you kind of you know you had that class on the bike. We we miss guys like you in the pelt on me. Yeah, I don't know, you know, like, 
like you, I have to watch bike racing a lot now, and it is like, I enjoy doing it and stuff. But I don't know when like mental health's a thing now, and it like is a proper thing in bike riding where it's something that can like so small. It's not just now, but it's been around for ages. But it's more open to talk about it. And I've always like gone with the fact if I'm on a bike and I feel like good about myself and like feel like I look good, that's like a part of me. So I'd always go better on the bike. But I feel yeah. like now if you're in a team, you're like, you have to use this, you have to use that, you have to use that. And you imagine if you like, I don't know, say like, gee, your glasses, like you always use them all the time. And someone said, no, you're not wearing them. You're not wearing them or you've got to wear another brand. You just They do all the time. Glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for about five years, mate. Yeah, but you know, it's like that kind of thing. You, you won't feel like, you won't feel at your best. That's how, that's how I always thought. So I just feel like the mental side of it, if you're not like 100% feeling yourself on a bike or even if it's somewhat as daft as the bar tape might be wrapped in a different way, yeah. but every time you look down, it's not, it just doesn't feel right. It'll like affect you a little bit. So every time I was on the bike, I always wanted to feel like good about myself. Do you know what I mean? If you feel good about yourself, it's like anything in life. If you go and put a, I don't know, it's like in your own house. If someone said you've got to wear this today, but it didn't quite fit right or you didn't like the way it felt, you wouldn't walk out of the house in it. Do you know what I mean? So then you've got to perform at your, like, your top, top, top level, but you've got someone saying, no, you can't wear that. You've got to wear black socks today. And you're like, well, yeah. fuck no, I want to wear white socks, man. But then you're like, already at the start, you're like, oh, I just feel a bit, feel a bit crap. I totally get so, that. But I think like even like these days, though, there's not many like individuals like that anyway. Like all these young guys are just used to being told what to do and sort of yeah. there's less individualism in it, in there really. Like about sounding like these old guys now saying, you know, talking about my day. <laughs> we are though, man. Like we are though now, aren't we? <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? Like I think they're all just keen on watts and stuff and aero and, and stuff anyway. Like no one really cares about it's not like, you know, back in the day when you had Chippo and all these other like guys and it was just all a bit more sort of like crazy stuff. There's nothing like that anymore, is there? Nah. I think that's my my take on it is any sport needs big characters and these big, these few big characters kind of follow, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, keep the sport alive and put it on the map and one big character can, you know, bring a lot of attention to the sport and, like you said, you know, Chippo, uh, since Chippo, you've had guys like Sagan who would just do extravagant things and pretend to be a gorilla when he run, won the race and, you know, would have one year he said, I'm not going to shave my legs until I win a race and I have hairy legs, which just wacky and weird things. And, you know, Chippo in that crazy skin suit for the Giro prologue. And I think you just, you just need characters, don't we? And guys like a bit flamboyant, which, you know, you rock up in a Hawaiian shirt or something like that. You were one of them. Yeah, but I don't know, like, sometimes it was it was good when I was allowed to do it. But, you know, if, like, say, like, back on the academy days, Rod would hate you not looking like an army. Do you know what I mean? He liked that army sort of thing. And if you couldn't do that, it was just, like, it's, like you said, there's no character. Yeah, and that's yeah. what cracked me. You're not allowed to, like, express yourself. You have to dress the same. You have to do everything the same. This guy, kind of, fucking hell, just look like... I don't know, some real like whopper on your team that you just think's an absolute mess, but you've got to wear the same clothes as him all the time. And it's not <laughs> you, is it? It's just that not was, you. 
that was like the GB mentality, or still is, isn't it? Really, like every yeah. day you have the certain shirt you got to wear, and you're all supposed to look the same. And yeah, it was all part of that. And like we were speaking about the academy um, in an episode. Oh. I don't know when it's out. Might have been. I don't know when this is going out either. But anyway, we've spoke about the academy recently, and we're saying that you know it's like Rod sort of preparing us for you know being professional and stuff and making not making it hard for the sake of it, but certainly making it challenging and trying to sort of get rid of the guys that don't really want it. But you were someone who actually got kicked off. I don't think any many others have actually been kicked off the academy, have they? <laughs> no, but I don't think so, no. You still went on to, well, as we said, 10 years professional, so you still made a good living out of it. But Yeah, did, I think what, so, yeah. Did you enjoy that time on the academy then before you uh, before you left? Yeah, man, it was wicked. <laughs> I don't know why I <laughs> No, it was, I don't know, like people went in there and I think like, I was just 17, I think, or something like that. And you move out of home. So you've got the, like this freedom. You're in an apartment just with a couple of lads and all your mates, like we all like grew up racing together, didn't we? Mm. So all the lads like within there, Swifty was still in the apartments, I think. Johnny Bellis, Pete was in there. Bibby was in there. There was like loads of, like good mates, if you like take the bikes out of it, you're still good mates. So for me, I was just like, oh, this is mental. We're in like student central. I'm like 17. I've got freedom to do what I want, mm. but I've still got to ride my bike. So I loved it, man. I was like never late for training, didn't do, didn't never not do the training. But then I just lived like a normal person would, yeah. And it just didn't fall into Rod's like plan, basically. It just didn't like, I don't think Rod liked me from the get-go. Like the first day I got there, <laughs> first day I got on the academy, I got sent home. <laughs> Why? So before, I don't know if you had to do this. So when you applied and you got on, you had to like write a training plan. And I'd never done a bloody training plan in my life. So I was just <laughs> like on a like on your notes on your phone, just like Monday, three hours, two lines down, Tuesday, three hours, but with efforts. But everyone else did like a fucking big old Excel spreadsheet and like <laughs> the heart rates and all that kind of stuff. So already I was like in the black book. And then I forgot what happened. We were at a track session and we got all our like road bikes. And no, we had our own road bikes and we got all like the, do you remember the Michelin tires? Those like blue and black yeah. things. Death tires. We all, yeah, death tires. So we all got given them, all putting our wheels on all these tyres on in the apartment after and Rob just came around and he was like, oh, you're going home, you're not, you're not taking this seriously enough. But then he, I don't know if he'll be happy with me saying this or not, but he made me take my tyres off in front of him. So I like, had to take my tyre off in front of him, give him back to him, and then I got sent home. But I was so scared to ring my dad and tell him I got kicked off that I rung Stonard and went and stayed at his house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was just kind of that like brutality that I just couldn't I was just happy to be like just have freedom you know and just just be you without having your parents sort of say don't do this don't do that and with all my mates and yeah it just didn't that wasn't the academy way that's the thing like it's we spoke about it in another episode and a guy said how great it was it's great environment you know it works for me but it doesn't work for everyone. And that's, that's just, you know, that maybe it's just slightly too regimented for you. And then you made your own way. You went to Belgium 
and knock the back door out of it over there. So it's not for everyone, is it? Not for the good or the uh, bad. It's just not for everyone. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, I think it's. I think more so now than before in the past that people like. I don't know. Maybe not more so now. Actually, now I think about it, there's not many people that go on the academy. Really, is there? I can't think apart from Ethan. Oh, no, no, I mean, there's, Ethan still Vernon. Lot, there's still a lot. There's still a lot. Like Fred White, Matt Walls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. still a lot coming through. Yeah, but I guess it's kind of nice that people do it their own way now. You know, it's not. I think it was like the be all and end all for a lot of people for a while, but it's not really anymore, is it? I think back then it was like people didn't really take British cyclists seriously. You know, if a, if a pro team wanted a rider, they'd go mm. look at the Belgian, French, Italian market, where now it's like we've British riders have got a name for themselves. So they look at British riders in not just from the academy, but, you know, in a French Division One team or Italian te- amateur team. You know, they, they look around and they respect a British rider for what they are now, where it used to be, you know, what, what's a British rider? What's a British amateur? You know, it's, they wouldn't even look at the British market, would they? Nah. Hey, so you two, right, knowing, so say you've got all the experience now, but you could turn back time. So say if you had everything you've got under your belt, but you could leave the academy now and you had offers from a team, would you still go to Sky and Ineos or would you go somewhere else? Mate, this is our podcast. You can tell you work for bloody years, but <laughs> it's a good question, though, isn't it? We asked interviewee. Um, <laughs> there's only one team for me that I would ever can. And there was they actually um, invited me for a ramp test or you know an ergo test um, before I joined. Before I got an offer at Sky at the time, and it was Quick Step at the time. And I think there's only one team that I'd ever realistically consider changing to, and it would probably be that team. And it, it would have been cool to look back at the end of my career, even if I did 10 years here, to have done a couple of years there, I think would be still time, invaluable. Man. Still time. There is still time, yeah. got time, mate. I mean, just to have, just to experience that classics mentality more than anything the way they race them classics and approach them and have just been like, they lose their classic superstar and you think, well, they haven't got a guy who can win next year. And then someone else steps up and that's happened so many times like Boone and left. Mm. Well, who's going to win now? Terpstra wins. Terpstra leaves. Well, who's going to win now? And Asgreen pops up and, you know, they're doing something very right. And then classics, it'd be good to be a part of that because they got the culture of it. haven't they? they just, you know, mm. they, they die for it. I think that's the only team for me. Yeah, for me, I was well, I was in Barnwell for three years, wasn't I? So oh, I saw yeah, that side of things. That. That's eh? I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah. A completely different world that was. So um but and I was kind of in that phase of still like the Brits were crap. And so with Sky it was quite it was good to go to and just be like, Well, fuck you, we'll we'll show you what we can do then, type of attitude, you know. So but it's obviously a lot of good teams in there. Um, so that was, when was that? 2010, wasn't it? Sky started. Mm. So there's a lot of good teams at the time, which I'm sure if any of them have offered me a contract, I definitely would have contemplated it. Um, but the one appealing thing with Sky was obviously that I knew the whole setup, you know, and it was a very um, safe environment with regards to, you know, the whole doping stuff. Cause back then it was still like 
something that everyone sort of knew was yeah, yeah. had happened relatively recently, and there was still a lot of just negativity around that and things. And it was a very safe environment to be with, you know, people you knew and your boss and everything. So, yeah. But anyway, back back to you. Yeah, sorry, sorry, guys. See, we were talking about you know fun and having a good time, and you know, which was the best team you're on with for that? Which one did you enjoy oh, the most? Man. I don't know, they're all good in their own different ways. I remember when I first turned pro, like the first lot of training camp, this was like so good back then. So you'd turn up and I was shitting myself about arriving. So I'd like, I think I did like three weeks, like a little bit of training before it, not a lot, but just enough. And I got on there, but everyone was, it was like their first day training on that training block. So everyone was just like rolling around, having a laugh. There's a couple of guys, I remember Staff Scaling. Do you remember Staff? Yeah. He like picked up like roadkill off the road and would like start swinging it around. In bit, I know it sounds horrible, <laughs> but it's just it's kind of like that fun stuff where you're just like all oh, kids, aren't you? Just having a laugh. I remember on the first rest day, Gilbert came to my room and he was like, "Oh, do you want to come with us for a ride?" So it was free, so you didn't have to go with anyone. You didn't have to go on your bike if you didn't want to. So Gilbert came to my room and he was like, "Oh, do you want to come with us for um, just a little ride?" I was like, yeah, 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 cool. So it was me, Phil, and remember Yellow Van Ender? Yeah. So it was him. And we rode down to Palmer. We were looking for a coffee stop. We couldn't really find a coffee shop. So we ended up on the port in this, like, restaurant. Phil went in to, like, get the coffees, and he came out with a bucket of champagne. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> right, we'll have this for lunch then. And we just sat there. I think we had, like, a couple of bottles, but I was just like, this is mega. Like, first training camp. I'm sat here with, like, one of the best cyclists of all time and just drinking champagne on the rest day with him. So, yeah, that was... I don't know, because you're dead young, aren't you? always remember those sort of stuff. So, yeah, that was thing is, fun, but... thing is, though, mate, he then got quite serious and turned it on when he had to, whereas you just kept drinking the champagne. No, nah, I won four races that year, mate. Cheap kit. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, eight months later, but, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, other teams as well, like, the, the most fun I ever had was with an FTO in the British team. It's like kind of coming back to your, um, you know, like when we all do nationals um, before, like in the past, everyone would arrive like two, three days before the nationals and all have just sit down, have a bit of a laugh, go on the bikes. So we all, it was kind of like that in a way. It was just with all your mates. And without sounding really arrogant, I knew how good I was. Yeah. So it was like no pressure. I could just rock into a race, pretty confident that I'd win it. And then it just made life so much easier. I guess that's how like... Van der Poel and Van Art, Van Art live now. Just yeah, this will be fine. I'll win this. <laughs> and also that team, like you had, a, like you say, you had a great bunch of guys there, didn't you? Mm. Like, yeah, John Wood, Woody was was heading it yeah. up, and he he was just doing it for the crack. One, he was just there for the banter. And then you had yeah, yeah Bibby, Moldy, Tank, well, Tank, Sam Harrison, good. Sam Harrison, Sambo, yeah, Dale as well, Appleby, Dale, Rob, yeah. That must oh, have been one of your that? biggest uh, wins, though, eh? When you were there. Ride London must be... Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Like, I've never... Maybe, but... I don't know. Like, I was, like my attributes to the site, I could never, like, get away. I've got no watts whatsoever. So I always just had to wiggle my way through somehow. But that was, like, one race where I was actually at the front because I was going well, rather than yeah. winging it a bit. So, yeah, it probably was, yeah. It's good, man. I mean, they all progressed quite well like Alaphilippe 
Gilbert Swifty. <laughs> yeah. Was that the four of you? Was that the four of you away? Yeah. You, Alaphilippe, Gilbert Swifty. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's the win of your career, that. It's got to be. Yeah, probably is, yeah. Show yeah, the grandkids that one day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it was good, man. But it was just look like no granddad. pressure. <laughs> yeah, then look at him a year later, just like fat and guitar, like... Oh, mate. No, I think you put yourself down. You're 10 years pro. I think, you know, you won 10 races. You've got to look at you know, how many riders retire having 10 wins under their belt, national championships, you know, world tour one days. It's not bad going. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. And just to I be professional, 10 years is, like, solid, no? Yeah, it was good, man. Like, it's always easy. In hindsight, it's a great thing, and it? You can always look back and stuff. The one time I was, like, really pissed where I didn't get anything out of it was after Qatar Worlds. So won the yeah. nationals that year, went went to Qatar, thought I did all right there, and after it I was just like, "Fuck!" Someone's got to give me a contract, man. Someone's got to give me one. And in the end, luckily Aqua Blue came along. But yeah, from then on, I was a bit like, "Fuck!" You know, like what? How to like? How am I going to get a contract? I bloody national champion, run twelfth in the world, whatever it was after trying to help Cav. And then it just like didn't come to anything. So from then on, I was a bit like, fucking hell, like what how am I gonna get another contract after this? What happened when you know your 10 years, when that came to an end, was that was that part of your decision you've had enough, or was that not the right offer on the table? Or yeah, so you both know we had twin girls, you had a little boy. Yeah. And then we had twin girls, which is a bit unplanned. And because of where we lived, my parents weren't close. My missus parents were like London, so like four hours away. So you didn't really have any help with us. And my missus was finding it hard with the three kids. And then, yeah, it was just brutal, man. Like trying to look after three kids and get on with riding your bike. I just couldn't do both. Yeah. So I was just, it was like halfway through the year, I was just like, I can't, can't do either of these really well. And what, what was more important to me was just family more than riding my bike. So yeah, like I think, I think I was like three months into that year. And I was like sorting out next year of stopping, basically. Do you know what? Now you've mentioned that story. I remember talking to you in one of the Belgium races. I don't know what it was. We were rolling along in the neutral and you were saying that. That's all come back to me now, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a nice decision, though. It's a nice way to go out because, you know, you value your family and you want to go that route, which is nice. Yeah, it's good, man. I mean, I'm happy I did it. I don't... Th- do you know what, like, looking at cycling now, though, with all these, you know, like, speaking about what's, like, how the hell you get, like, a sheet of what's, of what you have to do before a time trial? It's the first just, time like, I've ever had it in my career, but, yeah. Oh, man, I just, I don't think I'd be able to cope with it, just, like, the the training for one, I just don't think I'd be able to, like, get my head around it, and then just the, I don't know, like, to me, like, you know when you watch bike racing, like, the art of bike racing gone a bit, we talk about it quite a bit, Luke, but... yeah. It's just so like regimented, isn't it? Do you know where the art of bike racing is going to be back, mate? Go on. Stage two, Tour de Provence. Buzzing. <laughs> Can't wait. Mate. In the weather forecast. Yeah, 40k an hour winds down the coast. Mate, it's, just, it's blowing a hoolie. It's going to be in yeah. pieces. So there's going to be no looking at your bloody garden <laughs> tomorrow, mate. It's just going to be balls to the wall, I tell you. Would you yeah, like doing that now, G? What's that? Like crosswinds and all that kind of stuff. She used to love that shit, didn't you? No, I do. I do. 
It's just uh, a lot of the races I do don't really get it now. Obviously, the tour yeah. last year, it was just talk about crosswinds for like five months before, and then there was <laughs> none, you know? But I do yeah. love crosswinds. The only thing, crosswinds are great when, you've, when you're in front and you've made yeah. it. It's just that the anticipation before, you're like, oh, shit, what the, if this goes wrong? So, and generally, yeah, like for me, crosswinds now only generally happen in the tour when it's like do or die. So it's a bit... Yeah, yeah. We but, actually spoke about that today in commentary about you. Bodnar came up. And then we spoke about when you got away with him and Sagan oh, in the mate. tour, I think. Yeah, Bodnar and Sargon just attacked out of a roundabout. It was one of those days, one that were... Were you at this tour, Luke? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have so, put a bet on him that day, mate, to be in the front. He'd have been there. <laughs> I was on the front like... about 100 metres before the split, mate. Threw oh. me on the wheel. Have it faith. wasn't a split, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was four guys. Right. So, it was like crazy all day, wasn't it? From kilometre oh, zero, we sprinted like... after the car. We started going straight away. Then it was yeah. crazy all day. Sergio Hanau was arguing with Cav. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then it all settled down a bit and it was like, oh, it should be all right now. And then we come to this series of like, it was like six or eight roundabouts, straight road, but like every 500 metres a roundabout. And we didn't really oh. know about it. And it was just like getting thinned out, getting thinned out, getting thinned out. And then these four went, mega. Yeah, well, Sargon and Bodner just went and Froomey just followed. And I was there just thinking, why is nobody else following? And I looked behind. I was like, oh, well, might as well go. Holy shit. I kind of wish I didn't. Like, I just got an absolute, my ass handed to me for those 6K. Just trying oh, mate, to hold it. was longer than that. It was like 11K or something. Yeah, I think it was more like that, yeah. Was it? It was just so bloody hard, like. I was just trying to hold Sargon's wheel when he's riding on the front. I went on the front to have a rest. <laughs> yeah, I was doing less watts on the front than I was in the wheel. It was just ridiculous. And then People we forget that, with, though. People forget with Sargon, like, in his prime, how good was he? Like, Mate, this same tour over. is when we started in Andorra. You remember that stage? Yes. Yeah. First 20K uphill. Sargon is going with every single attack. We got oh, Frosty man. setting the pace in the peloton. Nieve, one of the best climbers, domestiques around at the time. He was just riding at like 400 watts or something. He's like 60 kilos. Sargon's just jumping around, going with everything. I was just like, this man is, is insane. And then, let me think, he got second in the stage, didn't we? Mike Matthews won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he went on the descent in the end. It yeah, quite foggy, wasn't it? Foggy. Cummins was the last guy to go. As always. Yeah. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> but oh. What about the G yeah. Giro, Adam? I remember... Three times. Three times the Giro. You were third, weren't you, on one of the early stages, I'm sure, one year. In Holland. Fifth, fifth. Yeah. yeah fifth. Wow, Wayland Wayland won, won, no? Yeah, that's it, yeah. That was funny that day, man. That was like, I think it was, yeah, 2010. So Brad... Won, it was all like the first three days were in Holland and Brad won the prologue. So yeah. it was like his first, I think it was his first Grand Tour jersey, I think. And that was like, you know, at Holland's like it was up around them dikes and next to the canals and all that kind of stuff. And it didn't, it was like threatening to split all day. So, you know, when it's just that 
that horrible stress all day of just like uh, 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 fighting constantly. It was like that all day. Oh, yeah. I remember. Like, what was it like? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, okay. But that's like that. Or you know when you're just like on and off the brakes, you never like constant riding. You're just either sprinting or slamming on your brakes. It was just like that all day. And then we came into this little town. And you're like Holland, you come into like those towns next to the big dikes and it just like cuts in really sharp and there's loads of poles everywhere. We came around this corner. I mean, I shouldn't laugh about it. came around this corner. I remember like all of Sky was like <laughs> haven, like that typical line that there's always there. And he came around this corner, like long right hand, and it tightened up and went dead narrow. I think it was Heyman that crashed first. Yeah, but it was. All, yeah. all of your team went down, like not one of them got through. <laughs> and then it's it split after that, and somehow I managed to get in that, that little front group. And then, yeah, I just got fifth. But I remember that. Do you remember Baden Cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. So I was Neo Pro coming into the finish. Well, I'm not afraid to hold my own a little bit, you know, by push and shove. And I remember being on... It might have been Whalen's wheel, like coming in last 700. There's a tight left for like 300 to go or 200. And I remember like leaning on him a little bit. He was trying to push me. And then like doing it for like 500 meters, so I just hit him dead hard. And he turned around to me and just went, Can't you ever fucking touch me again? I'm going to put you on the floor. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Fucking hell. So I didn't move again. And then he whacked me. Uh, I fucking whacked him back again and he like grabbed me by my neck and he was like, I told you, can't one more fucking time. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 sorry. And then, yeah, it's got but, fifth. You're yeah. saying whack now, but you mean you just like, your, your hands are on the bars, but you just like, you know. Yeah, just like whacked him, like... him with my like, yeah, just lent on him, but hard yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Like, oh, <laughs> it's all fair stuff. Then the I next was... day... So I went up to him. So I spoke to my director and I was a bit like, oh, he's like, I don't mind pushing, but like grabbing me and all that stuff. And I went up to him the day after like trying to, he was obviously not asked about it, but I was like, oh, I don't want any trouble or anything. So I went up to him the next day and I was like, you know, I don't mind pushing and shoving, mate, but next time just keep your hands on the bars. And he just went, do you want to get fucking floored, mate? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. And I was just like, right, I'm not even not even going into it. So yeah, well, was yeah. My first year pro, I got hit. Did you actually? Julian Dean, yeah, in the tour. What? So what we're coming in. We're coming into one of the finishes, and Robbie Hunter was like up there in the green jersey competition at that point, and uh, such. So we're basically coming into a ninety degree right hander, maybe seven hundred meters to go from this right hander. Maybe a bit more, actually. Okay. Anyway, just dive bomb, like, with Robbie on the wheel. And uh, he comes past me last minute as well. But we're both, like, just chopping in around sort of, like, I don't know, eighth or something. And I'm on Hunter's wheel. And you know what it's like? It just kicks out of this corner. And I was like, oh, shit. I can't hold this wheel. (laughs) And I was like, full gas, like, flicking my elbow. And the gap was... Wasn't there at first, but then obviously slowly starts opening, starts opening. I'm like, whoever's behind me, please just come past. Because like I'm <laughs> flicking my elbow, I'm trying to like I just can't hold this wheel. Anyway, elastic snaps and they go. I cause a big split. And it's Julian Dean behind me with Tor on his wheel, because he was obviously leading out Hushoff at the time. And he just comes past. I don't know what he says, effing and blinding, and just basically just takes his hand off the bar and just like whacks me right in the rib cage. And I was just oh. like, 
I couldn't breathe anyway. <coughs> and uh, get to the finish, and like he has another little go at me, and I was just like still just trying to breathe, and he rides off. And then uh, I told Robbie Hunter about it, and you know what he was like? He was like oh. proper aggressive guy. So um, he wasn't fuming, but he was like he was ready to sort of like if he saw Julian, I wouldn't have wanted to be Julian, put it that way. Next day, oh, anyway. Yeah. Next day it was all forgotten about, and then a couple of years later at the Worlds, we where were the Worlds? I don't know where they were. We we're in some random bar anyway, and Julian Dean comes up to he's like, "Oh mate, remember that time I punched you?" Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what the fuck? Uh, but uh, yeah, good old Julian. But he was a nice guy then. Nice guy now. Is he still DS for someone? Green I think so, or, yeah. For whatever they are. Bike Green exchange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They'll always be Green Edge, won't they? Mm. Yeah. Green Edge through and through. Nice kit, though. Nice new kit, Blue. Do you like it? Yeah. It's a nice change, isn't it? I like it, man. It looks like, you know, like late 1999, early 2000s kit. Like yeah. dead bright. Yeah, I like it. I do. What other yeah, kits not... do you like and dislike then? Being the star guru, like. Oh, mate, I mean, I won't go that far. Uh, your what would you give? Bad. What would you give ours out of ten? Seven, solid seven. Right, solid seven. I don't know, man. Like it's hard looking, like kits in it. But I think women's kits are better than your kits, like the men's kits. Just a bit more like normal. Yeah, Rowie's pulling a face. But yeah, just a bit <laughs> more like I don't know, just a bit more normal. Of I think it's still, like, it's not changed as it since twenty ten, like bike kits it was like you guys did the old black and then bmc did all red and it was just like block colors everywhere it's like yeah. gone back to like the 1980s almost a little bit mm. i bet you loved the mac day kit didn't you yeah man faster patolo kit was a one what's the oh, coolest kit? what's the coolest kit ever faster patolo in it it's gotta be hard to beat in it yeah just yeah, Pataki winning, San Remo, all that shit. Yeah, I loved it. Something about the yeah. Adidas T-Mobile stuff was nice, though, wasn't it? Back in the day. Haven't you got some of that still? Because you wrote oh, from I don't Virginia. know if I still have it, but I used to love it, didn't I? It's, be, it's on eBay, 100%. Project. It's been hey. on eBay. All gone. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. He's got a single piece of that left. <laughs> those shorts, though. I wore those shorts bloody oh, every day for about two years. Loved them. Yeah, that was that's what happens actually. when you ride for the team, no? Hey? <laughs> that's what happens when you ride for the team. <laughs> don't wear the same pair. But oh, it, one pair. These okay. were T-Mobile shorts, mate. Never that's rode pretty for cool to have on. You forget about that. It's pretty cool to have on the Palmares that you rode for that team. Did Ooh. you do a year with them? No. Yeah. What are you on about now? What are you talking about? You and T-Mobile. Oh, yeah. Like, did you ride with T-Mobile? Yeah. yeah. They went to high road <laughs> after that, didn't they? No, I didn't, mate. I didn't. Did you not? No, we just did a little camp. We were like... It wasn't even stagiaire. It was more like... I was still just turned out of juniors. We went to their training camp, a T-Mobile training camp, just to be around, like... Because Cav wrote, didn't he, after that? Yeah, Cav was a stagiaire for them later that year, actually, yeah. 
hey, gee, tell, tell uh, Blythe about this one. Tell him about Yogi at the cafe stop. You must have heard. So I probably will have done, yeah. Go on. This, this is a bell to me. Big German team mobile training camp, you know, down in south of Mallorca somewhere. Um, everyone bollock naked in the sauna. You know, you walk in with your shorts on. Everyone's like looking at you like you got two heads. Anyway, go on the bike the next day. Within 10K, Stanard's on the deck, taking out a few other VIPs with him. No pros, luckily. <laughs> anyway, we meet, uh, there's a coffee stop. This was when everyone would just ride together. So it was like 30 pros plus us. This massive group just riding along at like 25K an hour in Mallorca. Jan Oryx there, Zabel, Clone, you know, all the hitters. Stop for coffee. Everyone's having their coffee, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Stannard walks out, <laughs> big magnum, just he chomping away, just like <laughs> I think it was just a classic. It wasn't like almond or whatever. Classic magnum, just doing it in the sunshine. Everyone's just like, who are these kids? And we weren't allowed to ride with them anymore after that. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I so, could yeah. imagine Yoga oh. so happy with magnum. Oh, I can so imagine nice. his face and everything. Just like, oh, uh, lovely. This. Fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, By the way, who's Michael? Oh, it's my middle name. Isn't it? I don't know why it pops up on my stuff. It's Adam Michael Bly, but I don't know why it pops up with... Michael's Bly's iPhone. Stuff on Michael. Yeah. I thought you just stole some name. poor guy's phone. <laughs> yeah, just someone in Bath just loved his phone to do this. Oh, we haven't given you a heads up. Um, about our fight, but you'll know. You'll know the final questions for guests because you listen to all the pods. Yeah. Have you thought about this? Not particularly, no, but yeah. I've all, I don't know. I've always like wondered this question. I always ask people it, but so it's hard the, to think the about, question isn't it? is the question is just to reiterate it for the listeners is if you were going to go for a three course meal, what would you eat, start a main dessert, and which three guests would you take along with you, dead or alive? Like food's easy. I go like full burrata start, and then next would be. Do you know that um, you'll have both been to it? That is it, Casa de Rodo, just outside of Burrata. Yeah. yeah, they do that Florentina. massive steak. Yeah, I get a big Florentina steak, um, and then for dessert, dessert's a hard one. Um, don't know for dessert. I'm not really a dessert man. I'd rather have another drink than a dessert. <laughs> what about you... with, with your steak? You're having chips, yeah? Yeah, probably, yeah. I don't know, like, if I was in that restaurant... I don't know. Can you remember if you had chips or not with it there? Yeah, I think you did, yeah. Yeah, chips yeah. then. Chips, yeah. <laughs> chips. Nice homemade fries, yeah. Um, what are you drinking? Um, start, probably, Aperol Spritz. <laughs> nice Aperol, standard, dead easy. Um, then a nice, I like white wine, man. I love oh, really? white wine. Yeah, probably white wine. And then because of my mistake, I'll probably have to have, yeah, I'll probably have to have red as well, won't I? So, yeah, probably <laughs> white, white and a red. And then... Bit of rosé as well, why not? Complete the rainbow. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> Get it all in there. And then for after, probably whiskey sours. Really? Yeah. And then that, yeah. That's got dinner. egg yolk in, hasn't it? Oh, no, egg white. 
Yeah. Yeah, with egg white. Yeah, they are. They are nice then. Yeah, lovely. So yeah, that would be probably my meal, mate. All right. So you're going to be absolutely pissed with no dessert. Sounds decent. Yeah, <laughs> basically, just absolutely lathered. But yeah, and who's who's joining you? Which guests? Well, this is dead random. So bear in mind, you could ask them anything they want. It'd be like you have to tell the truth. So I, I don't know. I'm, do you know like, if you think like the governments and stuff? We all want to know like the deep secrets, like what actually happens. Like with the Queen, the Queen doesn't actually run the country, does she? Someone else does. Like someone makes a decision for him, she like announce it. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. But who is that person? Um, Do you know what I mean? Like who probably is like someone we've never even heard of. Yeah, but like that's the thing. I'd love to sit down with whoever that is, and then find out like the depths of it. You know, like wonder well, what is actually. It, is it not just the government? So like Boris Johnson, basically. Yeah, but surely like. If, like, a big decision's made, they'll ask the Queen yeah. for, like, something. But the Queen won't... She won't be... Like, she's 90, I think. She won't be sat home and be like, oh, yes, that's fine. She's jolly good. <laughs> Some, someone else has to make that decision for her. I Do reckon, you know I mean? see, there's, like... I'm on, I'm on, I agree with you, Blythe. There's got to be, like, this panel behind the scenes that really gets shit done that we don't even know about. Like, yeah, the well, stuff we see that- on TV ain't, like, the depth of it. It is... There's, there's a black room somewhere. It all goes down. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely just more like... to it, but surely I, I was under the impression the Queen's always like, oh, I stay out of politics. That's, you know, that's up to you boys and girls. No? Yeah, maybe. But then if like the, the Queen, like, from my understanding, she's got like the last say. So say if we went to war or not, the Queen would have a say in it, right? Or not? I don't think so. Well, she'd probably just say, well, if that's what you think's best. No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think she'd but, but is she getting told that from someone else? I think... I, <laughs> so you I are have no a serious person. Basically. But I think the Queen is just the face of it, no? Like, she wouldn't actually make yeah. the decision. She'd, like, portray the message. I don't know. But like you said, yeah, like, you can't let a 90-year-old person decide if you go to war or not. Yeah. So yeah, whoever uh, that is, let's call it Jeff for namesake. Jeff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All powerful Jeff. Or then you could go to another country and like interview Putin. I think it'd be interesting to see what like actually goes on in the world that he controls. Oh yeah, just yeah, find out about all the conspiracies that he's basically. Or you know the, I watched that thing on Netflix. You know the Salisbury poisonings. Yeah. That's mental. Like I. At the time, I obviously heard about it, but I didn't really come in when it was now. 2018, I think. But I didn't take much notice of it. But when you see what actually happens and, like, how serious it was, it's bonkers. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, who makes that, like, who makes that call? Do you know what I mean? Going down Putin. a very political route yeah. here, Adam. Surprise me. Well, yeah, but I'd like to, like, do that with Putin. And then I think I'd like to get, this is random, I'd like to get Adele on, because I think she'd be a right laugh and a good drink. Like someone to have a good like drinking laugh with. She's so funny and, though, isn't she? Like <laughs> when she does an interview, you hear her talk. And like yes. oh babes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think she'd be a laugh. Um and then maybe that Jeff Bezos that owns Amazon. Hang on, that's four people. That's two Jeffs. Adele and Putin. 
you I sack the first Jeff? <laughs> let's get rid of first Jeff. All right. Jeff one. Don't know who he is. Let, let's go with Jeff number two, Jeff Bezos, yeah. I'd love to yeah. know what, like, he... Like, if he owns anything, like, the government. Do you know what I mean? Because money's got to come from somewhere and he's got more money than anyone. Oh, mate. Mr. Amazon. Yeah. Talking about that first thing about government and stuff. We are getting pretty political now and conspiracy, but, mate, all those business people, they run it. They give the government the money. What they want yeah. is what happens, basically, isn't it? No matter who's in power, whoever's funding them, they're the, they're the main people, aren't they? Yeah, I reckon. So I reckon he'd be anyway. the one to talk to and ask him what he owns. <laughs> Maybe we should stick to cycling, but yeah. yeah this, is a, <laughs> this is above my pay grade, boys. <laughs> yeah, so that's the three. Jeff, Adele and Putin. Putin, random man. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty out there, mate. Yeah. I don't know if but, Jeff and Putin are like on the same page, though, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it'd be good to have a bit of... Con- Imagine they, them two start arguing. Be great to be a fly in the wall, wouldn't it? Or maybe if like Jeff owns, maybe Putin owns Amazon. We just don't know. Do maybe know Adele, Adele owns Amazon. Who knows? Exactly. Mental. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anything else to add, live? Anything you want to vent, express? Good, bad, the ugly? Don't think so, mate. No. I think all TTs from now on should be on road bikes, though. But apart from that, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, good, good job with all the commentary stuff, by the way, because um, I'm not going to say I listen to much of it, but I've heard like Why? people. You're one of the Why? you're one of the favourites. Why don't you listen, mate? Because I'm in the thing. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, true fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blow some smoke up your ass. You, you're definitely one of, if not the best, in my eyes, mate. Thanks, mate. No, I appreciate got, it, yeah. boys. What you're good at, right, is you got a good balance between humour and knowledge. And then where I think what your best characteristic is, you can pick any rider up. Like one rider will attack and straight away you're like, that is Jeff. Yeah, and some people you. are like, that is Jeff and it's clearly Adele. Like they get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. It's because I was always at the back, wasn't I? Always at the back so I could see who was attacking. But when riders came for bottles, that was my chance to have a chat with them quickly. Good man. Good you man. You still do that now from the back of the bike. You're not supposed to do that, though, are you? Why? Why are you trying to get me into trouble? No, but... You never speak anyway. Luke always comes up for a chat. It took me two weeks to talk to you in the tour. I was like, gee, <laughs> gee, yep. gee, nothing. I think yeah, he's a big so. deal, doesn't he? Yeah, unbelievable, man. I remember when we used to like do mainly flyers. You'd like come along and have a laugh with us, but now you just like stone cold ride past nothing. <laughs> just looking at the irony. Yeah, I think one day you even like flipped the bird at me. Just <laughs> didn't say anything and just yeah. Yeah, the guys on the motorbikes aren't really uh, much concerned really. Other than oh, when you're in the Giro and they're parked on the pissing roads, but anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> oh, I won't be giving you a tow again next year, will I? On your own, son. <laughs> Sweet. Right, well, thanks for coming back. Thanks nice for your time, mate. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. ciao.